You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. This next uh, sermon series that we're starting today, which I'm hopefully just going to kind of give a glimpse of uh, in a couple of minutes. I'm going to try to uh, condense it to its, distill it down to its pure, unadulterated essence, um, is called Prepare Me to Be a Sanctuary. And so over uh, the course of uh, the next few weeks, uh, we'll be unpacking uh, this theme, which is about uh, practical spirituality. Practical spirituality. So the hows and whys of bringing God into our lives and into our world. I want to start for a moment with the why. Why should we bother bringing God into the world? That's, I think, a reasonable question, especially uh, in an era of uh, rising secularization um, and in an era where uh, God is used very often as a pretext for uh, violence, division, and brutality, uh, subjugation of people all over the world, injustices left and right. The way I understand it, the way I think the Jewish tradition understands it, the the prospect of God, the concept of God, is embedded in the idea that we recite twice a day, every day, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, listen up, Jews, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And my teacher, Rabbi Zalman Shachter Shalomi, always talked about that as, listen up, Jews, the Lord our God, the Lord is oneness. That there is a universal pervading oneness under all reality. That ultimately all of existence is just a reflection, a manifestation, uh, a, an embodiment of the one. But we are all garbed and cloaked in diversity. And one of the objectives of the religious life is to see past the apparent diversity, the apparent divisions, and bridge divides, heal fractures, mend relationships, see in the other a reflection of yourself and in both of you a reflection of the ultimate oneness of all reality. That's the proposition of what it means to believe that God is one. It's not a mathematical proposition, it's a spiritual proposition. Do you on a fundamental level believe that all of reality are inherently interconnected, interrelated, bound up together? in the oneness that we call God. And if you believe that, then that carries with it certain responsibilities, a certain set of responsibilities to expanding circles of people all around us, ourselves, our families, our communities, our cities, our states, our countries, and our world across religious divides, across cultural divides, The responsibility of the proposition that God is one is that we have the capability and the responsibility to heal those divisions, to heal those fractures, to sow peace, and peace in the essence in Jewish tradition is shalom, it's about wholeness, it's about completion, it's about unification. So peace can't exist unless people are brought together and people are united in one. And peace can't exist without tzedek, without tzedakah, without justice. Because justice at its core is about equality, is about equity, it's about fairness. 
And the prospect of fairness is embedded in the proposition that each of us, none of us, is better inherently than the other. Each of us are all created in the divine image. And in that sense, are all brothers and sisters and cousins. That's not true of just between humanity, although it's hard enough for humans to recognize that, but it's true of all of creation as well. The proposition of God's oneness is responsibility to build a just and peaceful world. So our Parsha this week is a continuation of the revelation of Mount Sinai. Aside from the Ten Commandments, this is the foundation, this is the essence of what it means to be a Jew and to live a Jewish life. What kind of life does God want us to live? And we see at the very beginning of the Torah portion, these are the rules of justice you should set before them. And as you go through the Torah portion, you see certain themes start to emerge, and I think it's encapsulated very well in verse 9 of chapter 23 in our Torah portion. You shall not oppress a stranger, for you know the feelings of the stranger, having yourselves been strangers in the land of Egypt. There is not something so radically different between you and the person that you see as the other, as the immigrant, as the marginal person in society, as the other ethnicity, as the other origin. Take your pick of what the other is. There's nothing fundamentally inherently different about you and them other than your perception of them. Because on a fundamental level, we all of us have the same human needs and experiences and even history. We know what it feels like to be hurt so we can't hurt other people. We know what it feels like to be subjugated so we can't subjugate other people. We know what it feels like. Each of us has had the experience of being treated unfairly and unjustly, and because of that, we have a responsibility to ensure that no other person is treated in those ways and in those terms. The proposition of God's oneness how we bring that into practicality, into reality, is by treating other people as a reflection of that oneness. On a deep level, you are no different than me. Our diversity, our differences are beautiful and special. We should celebrate them, but we shouldn't let them cloud our perception that the differences between us are more than the similarities between us. And what unites us in the oneness that encompasses all reality. And so I just wanted to bring to you this teaching of Rabbi Sholem Noach Berezovsky, he's also known as the Sloan of Rebbe, in his incredible work called the Tivot Shalom. He talks about the holiness of the rules of justice. And he says, every judge who judges with the justice of godly truth, it is as though he has become a partner with the Holy One of blessing in the creation of the world. That's from the Talmud. And all this teaches us the high level of biblical justice affected in the manner of God's rules of justice. How much holiness resides in biblical justice. For the divine presence resides among three who gather to advance justice. The purpose of the creation of the world is like the sages teach in the Midrash. That the Holy One of Blessing yearns to have a place to dwell in our world. And Parashat Mishpatim is an extension of this. For rules of justice are also to fulfill the purpose of the Holy One of Blessing desiring to have a place to dwell in our world. But if the Holy... So that's a really radical statement. The idea, the concept, the 
possibility of justice, the responsibility to pursue justice and to create a just and peaceful society is in itself the proposition of making this world a fitting dwelling place for the divine. Which means you are making this world more in the reflection of God's image. Someone said to me the other day that uh, a teaching from uh, the Hasidic tradition that nothing became something so that something might become nothing. And I'll rephrase that just a little bit to say the one became many so that the many might become one. That's the proposition of making this world a fitting dwelling place for the divine. But if the Holy One of Blessing is truth, then how is it possible for blessed God to dwell in our world, within this world of lies, the source of falsehood? We live in this broken world of division and and, and, and war and uh, injustice and oppression. How can God live in this world? That's why the Holy One of Blessing gave us Parashat Mishpatim, so that within this world of lies, we would act according to the rules of justice of the God of truth. And through these rules of justice, which are the word of God, an aspect of godly truth will enter into the world of falsehood. And this fulfills the purpose of the Holy One of Blessing, yearning to have a place to dwell in our world. God can't live in a world in which minorities are oppressed. God can't live in a world in which people of Different ethnicities are not given the same process of justice as the majority population. God can't live in a world where it's easier to get a gun than it is to put a book in the hand of a impoverished kid. God can't abide in a world in which children go to bed hungry. God can't abide in a world in which religion is used as a pretext for brutality and violence. God can't live in a world in which there are people who go to bed hungry at night and who beg in the streets. God can't live in that kind of world because that is the world of division, of falsehood, of lies, of injustice, of violence. And God, at God's core, is a God of oneness, a God of harmony, a God of love, a God of compassion, a God of unity. And so the way of making this world a fitting dwelling place for the divine is to pursue the godly and biblical model of what it means to build a just, equal, fair, and ultimately peaceful society. And so when we read in next week's Torah portion that they shall make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them, we can know the Hasidic tradition teaches us that that isn't only talking about a building that we're supposed to build in the wilderness, but it's about what it means to make this world a kind of place that God can dwell and in which we can bring the many back into the wholeness of the one. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Shabbat Shalom.